likes it. And we are not talking about the Fi Master. We are talking about NH Unscripted. I am your Fi Master addicted host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the Thighmaster warehouses held at WKXL Studios. No, we really don't have a warehouse full of Thighmasters, but this is all for... Did you know, Suzanne, some, I'm talking to Angelica Rosenthal, my guest today. Are you... I've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are coming to you from the WKXL Studios. We are streaming at 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Both of those are conquered. And for you gorgeous souls in the Manchester area, 101.9 FM down there, we can be found also at www.nhtalkradio.com. Angelica, before we get to chatting, I need to thank our sponsor. That would be Lakes Region Fence in Guilford. Did you happen to know they're a very proud sponsor of this show? And duh, who wouldn't be, right? I get it. If you go out to lrfence.com, on the top right-hand side of their homepage is a button that says Free Estimate. Please don't grab your crayon and go out there now. Hang on. Just wait till the end of the show. I'm begging you. LRFence.com. I've, I've seen their fences. I've seen their work personally. Um, I live somewhere, and I have seen their fences. Trust me. Trust me. They, do, they don't get their stuff from the big box stores. Duh, that stuff junk. They get their stuff. It's very high quality. They do powder-coated aluminum. They do cedar. They do chain link, obviously. They do pool fences. They do property line fences. They do horse corrals. LRFence.com. Here's another tip. They will actually call you back. I say that because I've run into a few electricians and plumbers and painters who don't pick up their phone. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Matt and his crew up there, they will call you back. Give them a ring. LRFence.com. Dude, they have pictures out there that just are unbelievable. Their work is really, really stellar, and we are so thankful to them. So thankful to them. <gasps> Good morning, Angelica. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry, I go on these little... Ri hang on, hang on. Hang on. We are getting cutting news thrown over the transom. Hang on. Yes. 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 No. Ladies and gentlemen, pulling close to the radio, you are about to find some cutting news. We can now confirm Jeremiah was a bullfrog and he had wine. Who knew? Who knew? Well, three dog night, maybe. Maybe. Angelica, you're along for the ride. I am here. Welcome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Angelica Rosenthal from the Actors Coop, correct? Correct. All right. I'm a little bit of a free agent, though. I move around. Oh, you are? Oh, so, so, so. I I so want to get into the Hand to God show. Um, but before we do that, <laughs> because I'm my mind is just wallowing in uh, in questions from that show. I, I get that a lot from that <laughs> show. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, before we begin, give me a little bit about your background and where your love for theater comes from? Oh, and when it died? Oh, <laughs> Should I add that too? did you just say that? <laughs> the day the, the light went out in my eyes. Uh, no, oh. uh, I was a child actor professionally when I was a kid. My father Stop was a director. Stop the presses. Did you just say professionally? <laughs> yeah, I was a child actor. What? Where? I 
I don't really remember. It was a long time ago. Um, you were a child. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. I was. I was little. I was five. My parents were pulling me out of kindergarten to. I was. My first show was The Lottery by Shirley Jackson. I was the kid in that who I stoned my mother to death. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, my father was a director, so whenever he needed a kid, he had a kid. Seriously. So, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Oh my god. So then uh, I, I acted through college. When I got to college, I kind of decided I didn't want to be an actor anymore, but gave it like one more try. So then I went to Boston, worked as an actor for a little bit. Um, I was in the original cast of God Hates Musicals. It was a musical about the Westboro Baptist Church. Ooh. Yeah, a little controversial. Um, and then... And you have not stopped the controversy no. <laughs> since. certainly not. And then I, I in college, kind of felt that directing was more where I was headed, so... Did you major in, in direct? Did I you... majored in political science and I minored in theater what? because they're both performing arts to me. Oh my God, the can <laughs> of worms. I cannot <laughs> believe we're going in there. Yeah. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. So political science and theater, two very interesting subjects. My gosh. A lot of similarities though. Yeah. So when did you actually start directing, directing um, I had started a little pre-college when I was still working at the Majestic, and then as soon as I was, you know, taking script analysis and directing in college, that's when it really just took off. But I still try every year to do one show as an actor to not be a terrible director and remember what it's like to be an actor, because I've worked with too many directors that I'm like, you know, I have a job and I have a life, and you know, oh my god, I like to remember. Every, oh my- I just want to remember what it's like, and I want to be fair to my actors and have that empathy of. I understand because I've been there and it's not like I did that 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was just there and I hate acting, but I will do it for the experience to be a better director. This is fascinating. You hate acting. Yeah. Oh my God. So <laughs> so I want to back up to your schooling. about sure. And did you, what in particular, if anything, did you actually pick up that you find useful in, in directing? Because you know, so many times we go to school and we, we take courses and we get out in the real world and we're like, uh, yeah, that's not gonna. What I learned real. in directing? Yeah, that you actually bring in and say, you know, I learned this, I didn't know it, I learned it, and now I'm gonna give it to you folks who are actors that I hate. Don't so. ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. <gasps> that's what I learned. What? <laughs> what? That's the biggest takeaway I, I took from my, my directors in college. Take risks, be controversial. Any any reaction from an audience is still a reaction, and that's what art is. You are a rebel. A little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that's fascinating. Yep. That's fascinating. So have you employed – I know you did recently, but have you employed that over your whole career? To Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I, I would say that the professors at Plymouth where I studied were so uh, open to just – anything that I would throw out and it was just try anything and see what happens. And so that's very much uh, what goes into my work, which is working with the actors collaboratively to just see what happens and see what works. And, you know, you got a cast of 40 people, a good idea is a good idea, whether it came from me or an actor. So let's like, let's have a discussion. Let's talk about it. Let's see where things are going. Mm, mm, I want to peel that apart for a second. (laughs) So you you're, that's a very interesting take on how to direct because some directors come in and it's by their book, right? They they have the yeah. show set in their mind. They have every move choreographed, where it's going to go, how it's going to happen, even the reasoning behind what's going on. You're not that way at all, huh? No. 
No, I like to have an idea of where I think things are going to go, but with a very open mind that that could change completely depending on who is cast in the role. That's very fluid. That's amazing. Yeah. So that so, so from an actor's perspective, I really like that mm-hmm. because um, I see obviously as an actor in my head justification for certain things and, and emotions, moves, whatever. Um, and I enjoy the freedom of trying all of those things, see what works, see what doesn't, as opposed to uh, maybe a director who's kind of a micromanager, you know. and Like a traffic cop. Yeah. Stand here, move here. Yeah. I My feeling is... That grates on me, by the way. Same. So that's a big part of why I don't like acting, because I feel like acting in a lot of those situations is just I'm regurgitating the text, mm. and I have no creative, any say in it. And so for me, it's more... If you know your character, the blocking will come. And if you're really struggling, I'm here to help you. But otherwise, I'm going to let you figure that out until I have to move it to make it work for like my set or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, if you know your character, you know where you're moving, unless it's exit here, enter here. But I, that's amazing, Tim, that you, you feel that way. Because the, you're, you're, uh, you're an anomaly. Uh-oh. In my opinion. <laughs> well, well, because I've worked with so many who don't do that, right? right? They, they're they very rigid. Most yes. of them are very, very structured. They they don't like to let loose of those reins. I, and I think I think it kind of works at times for some shows, you know, to because you're trying to create certain portraits and pictures on stage. But there's sometimes when I think you have to let an actor kind of free will, for a little while anyway... A lot of actors have described my rehearsals as very controlled chaos, which is because, again, it, it doesn't have to be my idea. Just because it's a good idea doesn't mean it had to come from me. Yeah. And I think they, that too many directors don't give actors the creative freedom to collaborate with them. And then how is an actor an artist at that point? Hmm. So how did that work? Um, let's go a little segue here into <laughs> Hand to God. Sure. How did that work out in Hand to God? Because that looked like... It look. Do you hear that music? I do. That's the happy music. <laughs> That's the happy music. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, and he always had some mighty fine wine. Maybe Boone's Farm. Maybe it was Bartles and James. We don't know at this point. But I am Ray Dudley, your host of NH Unscripted, and we are coming to you from the studios of WKXL in Concord, fourteen fifty AM, one hundred three point nine FM, one hundred one point nine FM in Manchester. And we can be found at nhtalkradio.com. With me in the studio today is Angelica Rosenthal, and we are dissecting her directorial process. That's just temporary. I got a lot more questions. We'll be right back. have found NH Unscripted. I am Ray Dudley. Yeah, I got my thigh master with me and I'm pumping out some reps. I'm telling you, this is because Suzanne Summers passed away, 76. Oh my gosh. We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL in Concord. We are, can be found at 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and in Manchester, 101.9 FM. As well as our archives are out there at nhtalkradio.com. Oh, hang on, hang on. We're getting some breaking news over the transom. Hang on. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. No. Okay. Angelica, did you happen to know, based on this that I can confirm now, that one is indeed the loneliest number that you'll ever do? Sure. <laughs> Three Dog Night, another reference. That's what happens when you're old. and you just they're, they're a band from the 70s? <gasps> yes. Yeah. Yes, very good, very good. Well, you said Suzanne Summers passed away. Didn't she did. Piper Laurie also she... just passed away this weekend. Who? Piper Laurie. Who? She was the mom in Carrie. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we got we got that news right before the matinee went up. <laughs> God, jeez. Well, what, do you like chocolate? I guess. Do you? Not really, I to be honest. I got a present. <laughs> I got chocolate. Interesting. Here you go. Swell. Yeah, lint. Cute. Kayla Moore is going to be angry. <laughs> I used to eat them before I brought them in for her. Then the so anyway, so here we are rambling along. That's my old man. They let me out of the house once in a while. Uh, yes, I'm eating the lint chocolate on the radio. Um, so you're Hand to God. How yes. did that work? So Hand to God is a show that my, my fiance and I saw before the pandemic. Uh, we had heard about it on Broadway, and then we had saw that some uh, company in Boston was doing it. Mm-hmm. And whenever somebody's doing a show I've never seen, that's when I'm like, I want to go see that because I want, I'd much rather see a show than read a show. And for me, Hand of God was one of those shows that definitely was better on stage than on paper. Got you. Uh, so we went to go see it and Jesse, uh, Jesse Drake, who was in the show actually, was just so blown away by it. And I was like, we have to do the show. It's so well written. It's so good. Who did it in Boston? I can't remember to be totally honest. Because uh, we saw three shows that weekend in Boston. What? Oh, there were a lot of shows going on that I hadn't seen yet. <laughs> some people bar hop. Some, pe- <laughs> some people theater hop. <laughs> to each his own. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm like sick of seeing like the same shows over and over again. And so when someone was doing Hand to God, I was like, great, because I'm not going to go see Godspell. I love Godspell. What's wrong with Godspell? You know, uh, I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. Puke it right out there. I we don't mind. I think that Godspell is what everybody who hates musical theater thinks every musical is. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and I don't think that I've seen Godspell all the way through, but um, there's one song from Godspell that makes me hate every musical. <gasps> Go like, ahead. And it's the one that's like, if you feel blue. Oh, my God. It's a classic. And Oh, God. I, oof. <laughs> my audience is in tears. All one of them. <laughs> you know, Tom also loves Godspell, so... <gasps> Oh my God! Okay, a point All of right. contention. I'm going to leave that right out there. <laughs> I'm not touching it. Nope, nope. It's a landmine. Not going there. All right. So you didn't see Godspell in no. Boston, okay? But uh, we we saw Hand of God, mm-hmm. and it was in a proscenium theater, and so it was a very different experience. Yeah, huge sold out house, and uh, we were a lot further back. But it was it was such a well written script and it was such a beautiful story that I was like, oh, I'm glad we came to see this because we should do this in the future. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just said to me it was a beautiful story. Yes. <laughs> if for people who don't know <laughs> what Hand to God is about, could you tell them about this beautiful love story? I didn't say beautiful love story. Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I might have stuck something in it. Hand of God is about a a mother and son who Uh are navigating through the death of the patriarch of their family. Uh Uh-huh. 
Uh, she is heading an after-school-esque program, the mm-hmm. puppet club for the church, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of taking each day by day. Um, she is having an affair with one of the kids. Uh-huh. And, right. And then her son kind of, in my interpretation, has this mental breakdown where he is uh speaking his emotions through his puppet as if his puppet's possessed, and then they're navigating through that situation. That was gingerly done. Thank you. Yeah, I was in politics. That's nowhere near what I saw. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot... the political science coming out. I can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would make a great politician. (laughs) I cannot begin to describe for this audience without them all turning off their radio exactly what I saw that night, <laughs> which, by the way, let me say, I really did enjoy it. Oh, good. I really, really did. I laughed so much at certain points. I couldn't believe, first of all, what I was seeing. I um, get that a lot in my yeah, shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, and, and it was irreverent. I mean, it, I know, I think you told me maybe some people walked out or whatever, but. It's been a long time since I've done a show people haven't walked out during. Where have you been? How have we? How how you're like the exact person we should have in here? My God! All right, we'll get to that in a second. So, but did people walk out of this one? Did they complain? Uh, people did walk out. Uh, I don't know that we got any hate posts on social media yet, but give it time. Yeah, yeah. We definitely had some people Look upset that a Bible was ripped up on stage. Oh, it wasn't really. Was a real Bible it, ripped up? It was from a dollar store. Okay. Like, I know people get very touchy about that. Well, you know. Well, couldn't you it's, just it's, use it's, like Dick and Jane book and ripped it it's up? It's art. I <laughs> I was like, that's going to look, it's a Bible. And, you know, the audience is so close. You are so 60s and 70s. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. My parents are. my parents are hippies. You are. I can tell it. <laughs> so people really complained about that? People didn't complain to me about it. But I was calling cues right next to the booth. So I can hear what the audience is saying. And I think the best review we got was, well, that was really uncomfortable. I'm glad we came. Well, yes. <laughs> so that that is true. Yes. That's very true. I was there and it was uncomfortable at times. I, I mean, think it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think that's important. I think it's not always, I think not every show is Mamma Mia and it, every show does not need to be a feel good show. And I think that show has its place. But I think there are shows that deal with really serious issues that are not made up. These mm-hmm. things happen. And people deal with this, and it's important to be uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable is the right reaction. You shouldn't be comfortable with what you're seeing, and it's okay to be uncomfortable. It is okay to be uncomfortable. Um, and I'm with you. I think a lot of theater groups tend to, to – they just want to please people and entertain them, you know. And I think and, there's a place for that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But I'm, I'm very glad that there are folks like you and – Virginia Woolf was another one that I, I sat through that was uncomfortable. Sure. I mean, to see those people just tearing each other's lives apart was brutal, brutal. And I really, that's one thing I, I really did like about Hand to God. It it caught me off guard. Um, I'm a theater snob, and I'm thinking, Same. okay, it's going to be puppets. You know, I'm thinking it's something oh, nice. Oh, it's, not, yeah. your, it's it, not your mom's puppet it show. It was not. <laughs> Never mind my mom's puppet show. <laughs> not none of my friend's puppet show. Not, not, this was nowhere to be... This was off the charts, um, and it was everything. It was irreverent, but it was witty. It was smart. It was very comical. 
uh, it was tragic at points. Um, yeah, it's it's it was a, a very hard show to describe because it's very funny at times. Yeah, and it's very not funny. Yeah, and it's very serious and very dramatic at times. And 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 it's hard shifts to them that I think at one point the audience is laughing and then all of a sudden you know Mark's taking out a hammer and bashing his hand at. Yeah. Yeah. It's not funny anymore. No, you know? no. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right. It, it, it does. There was a lot of like really calculated controlling the audience's emotions in a lot of different ways through the actor's performances, through the sound design in the scene change music. It was all like meticulously picked as well as even like the pre-show music. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because I really did enjoy the pre-show music. Yeah. It was very diverse. <laughs> very diverse. I had some very specific needs to fill in that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, for me, it was important to really set the tone. And so what I aimed for was like a handful of religious-esque songs that were parodies of songs people knew. So we had the Alexander Hamilton about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We had the Bible slide. And it was some of these were so poor quality because what I've experienced is that when people sing in church or for Jesus a lot of the time or do these parodies – they're, they're marking it. They're like half singing it. Like, I don't know if I was really passionate about the Lord, I'd be, I wouldn't be marking it. I'd be singing full out. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so here's a, nobody knows this. Not many people. Um, I spent eight years in the Midwest mm. in a holy roller church. Oh. I mean, it was people coming out of the pews, dancing in the aisles. We had choirs like you see on, t- on movies on TV. It was wild. <laughs> Those people love God and they would do that. Yeah, well, that's what I am like. And if you're just singing Amazing Grace like this, like, are you yeah. kidding me? Sing like you mean it or don't sing it at all. That's what we used to say. <laughs> People are more excited over football than they were about God saving their lives. It was crazy. No. Oh, the happy music. It means we got to take a break. Angelica, hang on. We haven't even begun. We have not even begun. Oh, I love my job. Anyway, this is NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley, and we are coming to you from the spa-like digs of the WKXL Studios in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and for you blessed souls in Manchester, 101.9 FM down there, we can be found along with the other archives of all the other great shows here at nhtalkradio.com. We're coming back. Oh my God, the time is so short. We're coming back. I promise. Put down the maple. It's time for NH Unscripted. I am your oatmeal-loving host, Ray Dudley. Yeah, I got my thigh master out. I happen to have the fluorescent pink one, but that's my business. We are coming to you from the Taj Mahal-like digs of WKXL in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and in Manchester at 101.9 FM. And our archives at nhtalkradio.com. Angelica Rosenthal is in the studio, literally giving me aneurysms with so many things that I could talk about. Oh my God, Angelica, where do I start? Where do I start? Okay. Wherever you want. (laughs) Okay. Hand to God, you saw it on a proscenium stage. Yes. You transformed it into a non proscenium stage at the hat box, 
what accommodations did you have? What did you not like about it being on the Presidium stage? And what did you change that made it work better, in your opinion, at the Hatbox? Oh, I mean, I liked it on the Presidium stage, and I think it would have been a lot easier on a Presidium you stage. You do? Yeah, a thousand percent. Why? Um, so there's a couple things. There's all the, the scenes that kind of roll in, where they were able to do that in front of the curtain, where the bed rolls in, the car oh, rolls in. Oh. They were able to kind of hide that, where we had to really, you know, focus the light really tight on that, which I think worked fine. Yeah. But... Uh, they were able to do a grand reveal of the demon puppet room <laughs> where I, I don't know she if you did recall. did say demon puppet. Demon yeah. puppet room where I had a huge blackout at the beginning of Act Two and had my whole crew and all the actors run on and destroy myself. Huh, it wasn't noisy at all. I couldn't even tell. We were, I said, amp that banjo it was, up. It was crazy. <laughs> well, I wanted the I audience to know a change was happening. And it was it in the blackout. And we're yes. all like, what in the world is going on back there? Yeah, I think a lot of people want a seamless transition. But for me in that show, and especially in a couple of those moments where, again, you just hear these crashes happening in the darkness. Yeah. And then the lights come up and you're like, wow, okay. Yeah. The whole room's torn apart. It I took me 15 okay. minutes to see everything that you had done on stage. I'm like, I see I'm, my eyes all of a sudden catching these little things like the handcuffed monkey or whatever that was to the wall. Oh, the... he was on a St. Andrew's cross. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're in so much trouble. Some, We're in so some much of my trouble. finest work, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, do you think it worked better at the Hatbox? I mean, I, I really liked it because it was up close. Because I love the intimacy. It was intimate. I and I think that led itself to a lot more Yeah. Uh, where I think in in the giant proscenium that I saw it in, they had to play a lot of things a lot bigger, mm-hmm. which I think makes it, because it's already a little absurd, um, especially with the mother and the, the kid that she's becoming intimate with, I think that becomes a little cartoonish rather than believable when it's bigger, mm-hmm. where I think, you know, Erica and Jesse worked really hard to like bring everything very close to people. Of course, Jesse's thrilled he's not eating paper anymore. So, <laughs> that was, yeah, he was looking forward to that. Did you, did you, I mean, let's face it, we'll call it for what it was. That's pedophilia. It's statutory for sure. Yeah. yeah. Did you not, did, I don't even know how to ask the question. How, did you have thoughts that maybe you shouldn't go? It, is it written that way? It is written that it way. It is. Yes, it is written that way. And for me, what's really important is, again, that that happens. And so many times, especially in media, people shy away from things like that um, and try to censor things like that. And I get it because it upsets people. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the important thing is that people know about it and believe that it happens because when you don't show people that, it's so much easier to believe like that doesn't really happen. Yeah, It does. That happens all the time. And the best way to prevent any sexual violence is just to bring awareness to it. That's the best thing a lot of people can do for yeah, it. Yeah, shine the light. A thousand percent. And so I worked a lot of, on that in politics uh, when I was doing that. So I'm very passionate about really bluntly bringing the light to that. And uh, Jesse had actually been in Spring Awakening when I did it as a straight play. And there are, you know, some heavy, questionable sexual situations in that show as well. And so he thankfully is very used to working safely in, in situations like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I've worked as an intimacy director in a lot of different shows and it's really important to, you know, be safe and check in with people and have that understanding, but also to make sure my actors know the importance of why we're doing this mm-hmm. and why it needs to be. Did shown. you have those discussions? A thousand percent. You did every show. You really? A thousand percent. 
Good for you. I wouldn't feel safe doing it without them, to be totally honest. Your table read must have been crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, again, I mean, Jesse had seen the show. I think um, Mark had read it before, but I think it was a little bit more of a mystery for the other three. Mark did such a wonderful job. He's very talented. I know everyone did a good job, but he he really sold that. It's a challenging role because oh God, especially yeah. with his puppet situation where normally when you have a puppet, it's your face is supposed to match the puppet. And yeah. it was a big fight of, you know, your face has to do something different of what you're vocally expressing. And he, he did a great job doing that. He also designed the puppet. He did? Yeah, he built those. He did? With the costumer, yeah. yeah I would say that he, yeah. So all the Tyrones except the giant one he built. And the giant wow. one was built off his design. Wow. Was there any, oh man, we're going to have to be getting into this, what else is coming up for you. But <laughs> this is what I meant. I had so many questions. Um, did you do anything specific to accommodate? Oh, yes, you did. You took the seats out for the, the hat box yes. on that left-hand side. So we, I like to call it theater in the L because we turned the, the stage into an L shape. Uh, because as we were doing it, we had talked about a rotating set. We had talked about different things of like, how are we going to, you know, make this work. And when I finally sat down and designed the set, I was like, all right, we definitely, the puppet room needs to stay on the whole time. And I was like, the pastor's office, we go to more than any other place. Everything mm -hmm. else needs to just roll on. And if his bedroom just needs to be a bed, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. And so the show before us kind of had a similar setup. Uh -huh. And I was like, cool, leave all the walls up and we're going to take that corner out and make that a bump so I can put two walls on it. And then I'm going to make it look really bland <laughs> so, <laughs> so for people who don't understand the ramifications for that you said that when you saw it in boston it was sold out yes you could have run that risk selling out at the hat box but you took those seats out they actually just moved to the other side oh they did yep so, so we didn't lose any seats oh you didn't no we oh, just okay. uh, so we had four rows on one side got you yep oh you should be a little more perceptive <laughs> you would think um, there were dark moments in that production, um, especially in the second act. There are how did you? All right, I don't. I don't even know how. To, this is crazy. There were some sexual things happening between puppets. Yes. That had me rolling and, I don't know, shirking at the same time. I, I was laughing like a fool as the two puppets, are, no, the two actors are speaking while the puppets have like gone into their own realm and yes. world. Yes. A, pl a pleasure <laughs> palace of sorts. Was that not uncomfortable for anybody at any point to... Uh, there were some things nope. happening. Oh, you. <laughs> sure I, wasn't. No, I mean, it wasn't. You. You'd be surprised. A lot of these actors have, have done a lot of different shows with me. I mean, Mark was in Cabaret with me. So uh, that was obviously a very sexual show. And Mackenzie, who was uh, Jessica in the show with him, was was also in Spring Awakening and Reefer Madness with me. So she has been kind of doing shows with, you know, a sexual element with me for a long time. And there's just a big level of professionalism. There's a big level of using correct terminology. And so when we came in for that, we're, we sat with the script and said, all right, here's where the positions are going to change. What positions can we achieve with these puppets? What's capable? She literally means positions. I do. <laughs> she literally. <laughs> we had to cut some because they, they <laughs> had too out, many. Yeah. Get out. I almost puked. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the... Uh, 
the accoutrement that Mackenzie uses in the final part. I'm not even going there. Was a last minute add on because I said, you know, we're missing something. What do oh, we yeah, still have yeah. around? And Mackenzie said, oh, we still we're have this. We're missing something, folks. Yep. I'm telling you, if you had seen what was going on that day, they weren't missing anything. I'm <laughs> telling you, that was that is fascinating. Yeah, it, it's it's a very high high level of respect that the performers have for each other and for the process. That there's there's no like. People are embarrassed. They know what they're getting into. And I think it's important to lay that expectation out in auditions and lay that expectation out in rehearsals because I, I'm i totally cool if you're not comfortable doing it. I am going to find someone who is. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to have that respect with people. You risk, though, going over the top. I mean... I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it was a real danger, but, but it went well. You, but I, I feel like I took that same well. risk in Cabaret where, uh, you know, we had the set collapse at the end of the at the end of the last Ville Common and it revealed a gas chamber with all the actors in it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I said, you know what? There's a high, high risk that people are not going to like how this looks and I need to make sure I'm secure enough to say that I stand by what I decided to do and this is what happened in World War II and I want, I, I'm here to show it. Wow. And so I think, again, a lot of the actors and especially the team. So I actually my two tech people were my MC and Sally Bowles in Hand of God. They worked on oh. tech. So oh they're very used to what I do and very comfortable with that. Hang on to that thought. I got to have another lint chocolate to get through the next segment. My God, you are listening to NH Unscripted. Woo, what a day. I am your host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL in Concord. And you're probably listening to us either on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, or 101.9 FM in Manchester. Or maybe if it's 2 in the morning where you are and you're looking at the archives, you're listening to us from nhtalkradio.com. Angelica Rosenthal is giving me aneurysms. Oh, my God. We're coming back. We got another whole segment. I got to peel this back. We'll be back. Cookie, lend me your comb. You have found NH Unscripted. I am your host, Ray Dudley. Woo! We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL in Concord at 1450 AM or 103.9 FM or 101.9 FM in Manchester. We can be found, the archives of this show and all the other wonderful programs here at nhtalkradio.com. We are being held in suspense by Angelica Rosenthal, who is nailing me to the wall with her stories. Angelica, I'm afraid to ask you what's coming up. I, I it, Are you going to tell me Trail to Oregon is about cannibalism? I did Cannibal the Musical already. What? Yeah, of Trey, course you Trey would. Parker of course, wrote it. Course. It was fantastic. I did it for Actors Singers. I'm so. sure it's high on everybody's list. I, it's a great show. It's very funny. Oh, huh. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, Trey Parker wrote it, one of the huh. South Park guys. So. Oh, huh. What is coming up on your schedule? So Trail to, Trail to Oregon is a Star Kid musical. Uh, they're famous for the Very Potter musical. It was kind of a big YouTube show. But uh, it's based on the 1980s game, The Oregon Trail, where you were like, you know, I see, I don't know. I wasn't alive in the 80s, but 
it was like a little wagon and you like make choices and then you die of dysentery. I'm not really sure how the game's played, to be totally honest. <laughs> oh, a comedy, I see, huh? It is. It's a very funny show. Uh, the cool thing <laughs> oh. is, is it's all audience participation. So the audience picks everybody's names and then the actors have to insert that into the show. Uh, it is a musical. Kind of improvish then? A little bit. It, there's definitely an improv element. Um, the audience gets to decide who dies at the end of the show okay. out of the wagon party. Okay. And then there's a very unique character in the show where he plays 15 different roles. What? One person plays 15 different roles? Yes. Uh, yeah. Have you already cast this? No. Good luck to no. that guy. Oh, <laughs> the, oh, woman. the world is everyone's oyster on that Ooh. one. But, uh, yep, he plays everything from the general store owner to an ox to a bison that gets killed to a doctor later. And he's just kind of all over the place. And what's cool about that is that the actor has to vastly change their whole demeanor and voice for every single role. So it's very unique. It's almost like uh, in Little Shop in, like, The Meek Shall Inherit with Skip Snip where he comes in as eight different things. It's just through the whole show. Did you see this on your pub crawl that time? No. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever seen the show live. I you saw haven't. So Starkid will put a recording of every show they do. So I've seen them do it, but I have not seen anybody else do it. Okay, but I have to say, before we go too far, do you have contact information and in, in things about where people can find out about the shows? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actors Coop, do they yeah, have a website? Yeah, I would say that we mostly post things on Facebook, on our Facebook and our Instagram, Actors, Actors Coop. Coop. Yeah. Okay, Facebook. Okay, which I don't have. Come on. I, I'm look at look at me. Do I look like I <laughs> have a Facebook page? We also have a TikTok page? account. I'm an avid TikToker. And you're on Instagram, are you not? Uh, we are on Instagram. I missed Instagram. I like grew up with Facebook oh. for some reason. I must have been in college when Instagram was big, so yeah. I missed that. But I'm a big TikToker. Really? Yeah. Highly recommend. It's the fastest growing social media platform right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think we reach a lot of people with Hand of God and also Twisted and other shows. Every one of my shows usually what? ends up on my TikTok. What? You think you got a lot of push from that? From we that? did. The last one <laughs> that we posted, uh, Mark and Tyrone, got, got some got some movement that I was kind of surprised about. So. Huh. Well, that's very interesting. Are you um Are you disappointed that you didn't have the slot prior to Halloween? No, I wouldn't go see a show in that slot. So I wouldn't expect an audience to. So I'm assuming then you just said you're not <laughs> going to Lizzie? I No, I don't, I don't mean that. But what I mean is that that's running but multiple weekends. You had a you had a possessed puppet. I think Lizzie probably fits better there. So again, for me, it's like we did, I don't remember what show it was. When I, it must have been an actor way back when. <laughs> and it was, the show was on Halloween weekend. And I was like, this is awful. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people like to do. Um, right. And so that's what I worry about. So at least Lizzie has a couple weekends leading up to, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that show suits the vibe a little bit more. Mm, Whereas we'll like, like. Cat decide that. Cat, you would. That's Cat's realm. <laughs> so Halloween-ish. So um, you trail to, trail to Oregon, which is a board game, I guess. A uh, video trying, game. Oh, it's a video game. I think so. I know nothing about it. Okay. And I lived in the 80s. Yeah, I wasn't around yet. I was in church at that time, so uh, I would not. <laughs> well. <laughs> I would not have known. Well, speaking of church, the other show that I'm doing at the same time is The Last Days of Judas Iscariot, which is a- Yeah, she did say that. Could you say that again, please? The Last Days of Judas Iscariot, uh -huh. and that's with the Milford area players. Okay. And that's a show about uh, Judas is in purgatory, and a 
court trial of should he go to heaven or should he be in hell. What? Yeah, it's uh, sticking with the Bible, I guess. Uh, so a lot of oh yeah, because I remember the trial now in the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the biblical characters <laughs> will show up and um, be witnesses. So you got you know your Caiaphas, your Satan, yeah. your Pontius Pilate, but then also they call in some other people like uh, Mother Teresa. I've Sigmund never heard Freud. of this play. It sounds like it'd be fainted. It's it's a little wild. I have some wild ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god! I don't want to even know. Do I? I don't do I? know. I would say that I did the costume. FCC FCC alert. <laughs> I, did, I did the costume design, and the big thing was the Chippendale Magic Mike camels. FCC alert. <laughs> so there's just some. I guess the the worry that I've heard from Map is that Cabaret was really really sexy, and I said, well, yeah. So okay. <laughs> It's probably what's going to happen here, too. I don't know what to tell you. Judas Iscariot in hell is going to be a sexy show. Is that what you're talking about? Purgatory. Oh, oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for correcting that. And I I mean, Satan comes out and and he's a dapper dude. He's in Armani. He's got a lot of attitude. The two lawyers. Oh, for sure. How big a cast is that? Uh, A minimum of 15 originally, a maximum of 30. So a lot of characters double. So that's perfect for like community. Is it community theater? Mm -hmm. That's perfect size. For yeah, and it's uh, it's got a lot of language in it. Yeah, it's got a lot of attitude in it. So you're not going to be touting this at like you know, churches across the state. You know, they've heard the words. <laughs> Let's not pretend. That's the thing that we kills might me. know all the words. We might know them. <laughs> That's what kills me about theater is that so much of my life. People have been like, oh, the old people want this. They want to see Annie. They want to see Showboat. They want to see Carousel. And my parents were in their 70s, and my parents were seeing Jesus Christ Superstar on Broadway when they were younger. And hair. And, like, they don't want to – nobody wants to see Carousel. So – there's that. Woo! Cat, <laughs> the Pittsfield players are in trouble. Uh-oh. They do Oklahoma. Oklahoma. They do South Pacific. Oklahoma, great show. Uh-huh. Carousel. You can't backtrack now, girl. Sexist. No, you ain't doing that. There's some classics that are good. You got the feels for those. There's some. I did. I did Oklahoma last year. Oh yeah, sure. But sure. <laughs> there's some classics that are good. Carousel just isn't one of them. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. There's some great stars who would be. You know, it's funny too that you say that. Uh, you were surprised and and it was dark because there's a production of Annie that was done. And normally like I wouldn't touch Annie, but at the end of that production, they had her wake up in the orphanage. Like it was all a dream. I, wild. What? Yeah. Wild. And uh, so. <laughs> Wait, can you do that? I don't know, but I was like, wow. Aren't there like. Way to take a classic and really take a turn on it. Oh my God. Yeah. So she woke up like she dreamed that she was adopted. <laughs> It's like such a dark I don't know what I think Annie. about that. Yeah, really interesting. I would really have to chew on that for a while. So that's what I like of the classics of like, what can I make, like rejuvenate the classics with? But I'm afraid to put too. a classic in your hand. I don't know what's coming I've out I've had of a handful of classics yeah. in my hand. I'm sure so. you have. <laughs> <laughs> FCC alert, FCC <laughs> But yeah, a Trail to Oregon, uh, comedy musical with a lot of improv. It's a musical on top of that? It is, yep. And so, which means that the actors have to have a lot of musicality uh, because they will have to insert a different name into the songs every time. So rhythmically Ooh. and stuff like that. Yep. So Ooh. they have a lot going on. And then I know Brie Arico, my choreographer, she was my choreographer for Sweeney Todd as well. The weird thing about Trail the Organ is the team from Sweeney Todd is coming back together for this show. <sighs> Not sure why this show. <laughs> this is a very different vibe than I'm Sweeney. I'm quaking in my boots. But yeah, Amanda Morgan, Brie Arico, and myself. Uh, she is has some 
very intense dance ideas for a two-person ensemble. So we we have a lot of ideas that are not traditional. Did you to, say intense? Yeah. See, there's certain adjectives in your vocabulary that scare me. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> when you say intense, I know you mean that. Yeah, yes, I think my do. actors are very desensitized uh, to that. Like, well, oh. That's what we come to expect. <laughs> oh, my God. So did you, did you tell me earlier you had three things coming up? You're doing two things at one time? Those and then... two are running together, and then Cruel Intentions is uh, being rebooted, so it's the actor-singer's fringe production. Oh, uh, you do get around. Wow. I didn't direct it. I was in that production. Well, did you say, but you're doing it? No, I am reprising my role. Oh, you are? Oh, this is your this is my your one, one show time. that year. Got you. That, where, <laughs> where you want to be an actor that you hate acting. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Gonna... But I've already done this one, so how bad can it be? <laughs> huh. I don't um, know anymore. Cruel I'm... Intentions. So, yeah, uh, Hatbox had asked for it to move up there after we finished the run in Nashua, and the board didn't move on that. So Actors Coop said, you know, if, if you still want it, we'll, we'll send them up. And so I believe all the leads are coming back more or less, and we're going to audition a couple roles, but otherwise most of the cast is coming back fully. Is this going to be at the Hatbox? Yes. It is. It is. Yeah, and that'll be an interesting one because, uh, again, it's it's a little controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sh- this is my shocked face. I'm shocked that you would say that. <laughs> oh, man, you hear the music. Oh, Angelica, thank you for coming by. You made my day. You made my day. I don't know. I got things to think about. I'm going to have to sit at home with like a blanket and just cuddle up and think about all the thoughts you gave me here. <laughs> you have been listening to NH Unscripted. I am your shaken to the core host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the... Studios of WKXL in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and in Manchester, 101.9 FM. Go out there now and find all our archives at nhtalkradio.com. You're free. Grab your maple and go. See you next time.